Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a weekly podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. I'm Lee. And I'm Eddie. And this is episode 23, season 2. 23? Well, my old me. <laughs> Bees knees. <laughs> this week, we've got something very special for you. I, I think, yeah, everything that we've ever done has been leading up to this moment. Yeah. Just, take, just think about that for a second. <sighs> take a second. <sighs> Everything you've ever done in your whole life is leading up to this very moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, great. Well, I'd like to apologize to anyone listening for uh, any existential crises you might be going through. It's too real. Right? You're on the toilet. You're like, every moment in my life has led up to this. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, we're going to be talking Stephen King. We're going to be stalking Stephen. Did I just say stalking? You just said stalking. Oh, we're going to be stalking Stephen King. We're not, guys. We're not. We're just going to be talking Stephen King. Yeah. So many of you may know that It has just been released to cinemas. And by It, I do mean It. 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 You know, horror film, clown, scary guy, Pennywise, It. We went and saw it. We will be reviewing it. Hold tight. Yeah. We're going to be talking about our favorite Stephen King books. Mm-hmm. Some of our favorite Stephen King facts. And anything else Stephen King related that pops into our mind. Eddie, I don't know if you know this, but I do a little bit of meditation. Oh, really? Did you know that? Uh, no. No. So I use an app. I do meditation and it's guided meditation. Mm-hmm. So for about 15 minutes, I try to keep you on track, just concentrating on the meditation, right? Right. Okay. So kind of not trying to think about anything at all, just doing your breathing etc but for a small portion of the meditation they're just like okay and now just do whatever you like let your brain think about anything it wants to think about right okay i'm just gonna say this is the reason i don't like meditation because (laughs) that's the point at which i'm like yeah just think about anything you like why am i meditating (laughs) but this is my stephen king moment you know when all i want to do is talk about stephen king on our podcast right yeah and i have to be like lee Concentrate on your breathing. Right? Yeah. N-O. This is just the moment in the meditation where I just get to talk about Stephen King. I see. <laughs> Stephen, if you're listening, um, Lee really wants you to send a postcard. I would love a postcard. But <laughs> should we just kick off with some Stephen King facts? Let's do it. All right. You go first. All right. Boom. Okay. Are you ready for this? Go. Strap in. Buckle up. Woo. Get comfy because it's time for some Stephen King facts. There is a Carrie musical. Once Stephen King told BBC that Jack Torrance, the father from The Shining, was a character that he was most similar to. That's horrifying. He was hit by a van in 1999 and his home care nurses were instructed under no circumstances to make any misery jokes. (laughs) The original title of Salem's Lot was actually called second coming that is not good (laughs) (laughs) but stephen king's wife tabitha said it sounded like a bad sex joke it does (laughs) good call tabitha so one time stephen king went to go see pan's labyrinth at the cinema and he sat next to the director guillermo del toro and apparently during the pale man chase scene stephen king was squirming in his seat and Del Toro said that was one of the greatest moments ever. Stephen King once told Neil Gaiman that he wouldn't change anything in his life except that once he appeared in an American Express ad and he would change that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, one time he started signing books while he was in a bookshop in Australia and he got told off. Because <laughs> no one no one in Australia thinks that famous people come here. So they're like, Oi, who are you, old man? Stop scribbling in the books. <laughs> and they love being cops and telling people off. Right. <laughs> Stephen King and his wife Tabitha own three radio stations in Maine where they live. What? He suffers from triskaidekaphobia. The what? Yeah, it's the fear of the number 13. Apparently, if he's writing and he's like written 13 pages, he'll have to write another page because he can't, you know, 13. That makes sense. Look, if I wrote shit as creepy as Stephen King wrote, I'd be trying to stay as lucky as possible as well. Everyone in Stephen King's immediate family is a writer, including his wife, Tabitha, and two sons. His youngest daughter is a minister and a gay rights activist. What? What a great family. Uh, Here's my last fact. Stephen King... Has a rock band. <laughs> My last fact. Stephen King has adapted more books to film than any other living author. What? And I believe that takes us into the next segment. Yeah, Stephen King films. Dun, da, 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 dun, da, da, da. Yeah. It. It. It came out last Thursday in Australia. Where were we last Thursday? Last Thursday, I believe, let me think about it. I believe we were in a cinema. We were. And I I was uh, in a puddle of my own urine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've been counting down the days until it came out. I've got an advent calendar, but instead of a Christmas tree, it's just got a really scary clown. It's true. I'm yeah. looking at it right now. Yeah, I didn't take any of the candy out because I cannot approach that calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I don't know. How do you want to do this? Do you want to, for those that might not know what it is about, we might just give you a really brief rundown. Yeah. It's the story. So originally the book, the Stephen King book, was set in the 1950s. Yeah. And it tells the story of a group of young people in a town called Derry. Yeah. And these kids start experiencing uh, really scary encounters based around this uh, really creepy clown called Pennywise. Yeah. And then, so the book kind of jumps back and forward between these kids in the 1950s and the kids as adults in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the clown's back. And, and they have to go back to the town. And, and deal with the demons of their yeah, childhood. Yeah. So in this film adaptation, we just have the kids. We don't have the adults. I think there's going to be a part two, though. Spoiler alert. No, I'm kidding. At the end, it says chapter yeah, one. Chapter one. Which, so we assume there's going to be a chapter two. Yeah. And I stayed till the very end and there was no bloopers reel. So, guys, that's not a spoiler. No <laughs> bloopers reel. What? I'm <laughs> my money back, King. Right? So basically what happens is these kids are being stalked by this terrifying clown monster thing. Is it a clown? Is it a monster? What is it? Is it a manifestation of childhood terror? Is it a manifestation of the bigoted spirit of the town? All valid questions. These are all really good questions. I haven't reached the end of the book, so I don't know. I can't even spoil it. There was a film adaptation of it, oh, I don't know, many years ago. Yeah. And so Pennywise was played by Tim Curry. And it scared the heck out of people. Yeah. I haven't seen it, have you? I have seen it. Is it terrifying? Yeah, it's scary. Did you know that the red hair on Pennywise, Tim Tim Curry? Iconic. It's iconic, but it's his hair. Love it. It's his actual hair. He, like, dyed it. Love it. Rather than wearing a wig, which I find even scarier. (laughs) In the book, it's set in the 1950s when the kids are kids. This is set in the 1980s, which is interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting as well because a lot of the kind of shared experiences in 
the book are quite particular to the 1950s yeah. I think like you know like they go to the soda shop and that kind of thing like I don't think that's a particularly 80s experience having said that have not been to the US so I don't know true but they got to do some cool fashion choices that's very film. true yeah uh, I I you know I think Eddie and I had a few differing opinions on the film we did we did mine was that it was just everything I love in a film. I gave it five out of five stars. Right, right. Uh, the only real difference for me is it set in the 1980s as opposed to the 1950s. The child actors were on point. They were really good. One of the kids was uh, from Stranger Things, and all of the kids in Stranger Things were really great. So, yeah. you know, you know you're getting quality there. It was – I just thought the film was amazing. It was – I've heard critiques, and I agree with it. There's less of a horror film, more of a coming-of-age film, mm. which I kind of agree. So, you know, that idea of kids uh, having useless-as-heck parents, they need to come together to yeah. defeat this like uh common evil so you're saying pennywise is a metaphor i would say so <laughs> <laughs> but having said that there were some really great scares in the film i thought yeah. pennywise was incredible right scared the heck out of me i got a few jumps i heard a scream come from you i think a scream is potentially too dignified a term <laughs> for what i did i believe i jumped a bit out of my seat and made a sound that i'm gonna say was a bit like this go on <laughs> and that scared the- <laughs> it scared the heck out of me the sound that i yes. made yeah it wasn't human it was uh i would say part care bear part mm, rooster yeah. <laughs> uh yeah no i found it really scary there were a few moments for me that i do have to say say it I gotta, I gotta say my piece. Say it. I really liked this film. So for me, it's a four stars. Mm-hmm. You know, a few weeks ago we reviewed uh, Annabelle Creation. Yes. And I think one of our big complaints were that the kids weren't very good actors. Yes. But I think in this film they really got some great kid actors. There was some great direction, great script writing. I do think that those kids were really believable. And adorable. They were adorable and yeah. they also... You know, for me, if I don't believe that the person on screen is scared, I have a lot of trouble being scared along with them. Mm -hmm. So this was definitely great. I cared about them. I wanted them to be safe and they weren't safe and that was really scary. The things that I didn't like were they really honed in on... So there's like five, six kids. Yeah. Um, There's one girl and they really, really honed in on an aspect of her story that was definitely big in the book but that I just didn't feel like needed to be as strong in the film and that is that her dad is like um, abusive especially like potentially sexually abusive and for me that just made me I, I didn't love it I didn't I didn't feel like it needed to be there yeah it, it kind of ruined my enjoyment of the film and I'm not saying that no one should ever talk about that kind of stuff or have it in films but for me it just made me feel like you know I just wanted some scares I didn't want that yeah we talked about this afterward and we kind of unpacked it a little bit and I was saying about how Stephen King does use this plot line a lot in his novels and we were talking about that and you know I know it makes both of us quite uncomfortable and takes away from the overall enjoyment yeah Um, and we were talking about how you know like we're fine going to watch like a horror murder clown that's fine because that's crazy and bizarre and not very relevant to anyone's life yeah but I guess sexual violence is relevant to many people's lives right yeah yeah um I could spout statistics I won't but we know that it's incredibly common so for us it's not some random creepy clown in the corner it's really um it's a really present present lived experience of of lots of people and not so fun it's not a fun scary 
scary clown horror film. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I want to go and see Pennywise the Clown, like, you know, suddenly jump out the side of an old wagon in a sewer and do, like, some jaunty dance. Like, yeah. and then, like, try and murder someone. Like, that's ideal for me. That's That was what I was there yeah, for. Yeah. Um, I was living for it. Right? Yeah. I wasn't there for, like, stuff that's a bit like, oh, you know, I didn't need to be thinking about that. It's a bit too close. It's a bit too much. Yeah. The other thing that I think is... You know, you've got this one girl. She's the one girl in the whole film and that's her plot line. I'm like, oh, maybe add another girl. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, like, you know, like there's also like one kid who's black and his plot line is like really heavily rooted in like the racism in Derry. And I'm like, you know, like maybe have another kid who's also black whose plot line is not... Or, or whose plotline is really rooted in that, but that, you know, you've got this kind of shared experience and, and that sort of thing. Like, I think... We've talked about this a lot, mm. um, both on the podcast and off. And I just think that if you don't want to tokenize your characters, put more than one of the same, you know, subject yeah. position in. I, when I heard that just said so clearly once, I was like, absolutely. Right? If you don't want to, um, if you want to have like diversity in your character and you don't want to just tokenize one character. Right? It's not a checklist. Have more than one. <laughs> right? It's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you've only got the one, especially in a film that's like so heavily steeped in this kind of childhood metaphor, like you've got like four or five white boys and they're just like, you know, they've all got these really different experiences. And then you've got like kids who are like different to yeah. like that. And yeah. I'm like, and their experience is really rooted in their like particular identity. And I'm just like, oh. For me, that's like boring. I just rather that there was like a more interesting selection. And I do understand that he's looking at middle America, you know, Maine, and that it's like this like quite small town, but they moved it to the 80s. It's not set in the 1950s. And you know, I love Stephen King, but it's it's a reoccurring thing a in, in all of his work. Yeah. 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 We love Stephen King. And I think that he's like, you know, he's moving and growing as a person. And obviously it was written like in the seventies. Hey, something like that. Yeah. And, and Stephen King as an author is incredibly politically active. Absolutely. So he's on Twitter every day, you know, he's staunchly anti-Trump. Yeah. Um, he banned Trump from seeing his films. (laughs) I don't know if he can actually legislate that, but he had a crack yeah and he's bringing you know i don't live in the states i don't know Mm, what it's mm. like to be living in the states at the moment i can only watch from afar and in horror but stephen king is every day tweeting to the masses of fans yeah um and and that's a it's a great way to get information out there so i don't want to be like king yeah terrible no no and i I think that we love him is the point yeah yeah and i think that like obviously like he wrote this like what like 30 40 years ago like it's not him now but the film has been made now and and that for me is the thing like they've changed enough about it Mm. that I'm like well why didn't you change this and why didn't you change that and why did you make this more you know like shitty why did you make this less good like that kind of thing no I really take your critique I agree with you I still loved it I still give a five it's a great film but I can still definitely see where you're coming from yeah the other part of my four is that there were just a few moments where I I felt like I was given too much too soon. Mm. And and I think I talk about this a lot with especially horror films when you've got that 
final shot of the scary monster. First of all, make sure it's properly scary. Mm. Like, I don't want this to be some kind of like, I don't know, Monster of the Week X-Files episode. I want it to be one of the X-Files episodes that kept me up as a kid. You know what I'm saying? So that's like my big thing is like that final shot of that monster. It either needs to be so scary that you literally, your soul leaves your body (laughs) or (laughs) it needs to be off screen in a way that your mind brings the scariness for it. I'm much more in that column. I love not to see the thing because my fear is very more scary than what I can possibly see. (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. And I think also on that note, they kind of revealed their monster very early. Mm. Like I, I think, you know, keep your cards close to your chest. Don't be just like throwing them around willy nilly. Like, so, you know, the iconic first scene is little Georgie in his yellow rain slicker running down the flooded street, chasing after his paper boat. And it goes in the gutter and then in the storm drain is Pennywise. And I have to say that first scene, I was watching it and Pennywise is there. He's in the gutter. He's kind of got this weird drool coming out of his mouth. He's staring so intently at Georgie. And that was so scary. scary. I was sitting there just like sweating bullets. I was like, let's go. This is awesome. Yeah. But then, and this is my problem. They did this big reveal that Mm. was like, here's, Here's the extent of his monstrousness. And I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but for me, that took the wind out of my sails a little bit. It made me feel like, oh, well, if that's as bad as it gets, I'm not too scared. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were definitely some great moments where I was scared shitless, you know, lots of that kind of, you know, clown running at you while it's shaking and like moving. The particular way that Pennywise moves in this adaptation. I I just, I loved it. Every time he came running at the screen, I was like, Eddie, Eddie, this is right right and i yeah no i was scared absolutely scared i think it's well worth seeing i have my own quibbles with it but like you know that doesn't mean it's not worth seeing like go for it i loved you know the original it it, you know people say that stephen it's stephen king's fault that people are scared of clowns because (laughs) of that original pennywise and i was like you know when they update something like when they had the original Jack Nicholson in the Batman films Uh as the Joker uh and then they came back with Heath Ledger who was just incredible phenomenal phenomenal right I was like how are they gonna you know beat Pennywise the original scary clown no yeah I reckon they hit it they smashed it no such a good job that wasn't some like Jared Leto bullshit Mm -hmm. that was some Mm -hmm. like Heath Ledger situation it was amazing on a side note did you Mm -hmm. see how the American Association of Clowns I don't know what they're called right came out and like came out and told Stephen King off for stigmatizing clowns. (laughs) You know, clowns are very serious. I've discovered it's an art and litigious. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. But yeah, so I'm actually reading it at the moment. I'm halfway through when I finish it, when I finish it, when I finish it, I will be coming back to review it. Really excited to finish it. It's really ruining my life. It's one of the... (laughs) Genuinely, Stephen, if you're listening, thank you. It's really scary. It's one of those books where you have to put it down. And I think that that's a great thing about a horror book is, you know, people are like, oh, it's so gripping, I couldn't put it down. For me, a really gripping horror book is one you have to put down because you're just... 
it's too much. Particularly if like you're home alone or it's late at night and you're right? like, actually, I'm too scared. This needs to go away right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's the sign of an awesome horror novel. Right? You got to put it under a pillow so that it can't look at you. All of that kind of stuff. So I'm reading a new Stephen King book. It's not so new, but it's just new to audiobook, and mm-hmm, it's called mm-hmm. Revival. Okay. And I was just thinking as I'm listening to this book, I love it, but Stephen King follows a very similar plot line. Right. Okay. And that is that the story often spans a really large amount of time, often like 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, definitely. And I love that. I love that, you know, the book goes for so long, the story goes for so long, and we follow a character over his whole lifespan. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching a television series. Yeah. Um, this story is about a young boy that lives in a shock horror, a small town in the States. Um, <laughs> is it in Maine? <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it. Right. Um, so he's like uh, six or something when the story starts, and they have a new preacher come to the town. Okay. And the preacher is cool, cool young dude, and he right. comes with his wife and his child. Oh my god, the preacher's a ghost. No, he's not a ghost, but he kind of like revitalizes um, the, the, the town. So, would you say it's a bit of a revival? Uh, I would say that. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and the young character's really taken with. With uh, the priest. The priest yeah. and just some things happen where, sadly, the priest's uh, wife and his child die in some horrific car accident. It's very explicit and only a Stephen King way could be. Right. And then the, the preacher goes to church uh, and does this sermon where he says, God's not real. This is all bullshit. Jeez! It has this huge impact on the town. He gets fired and sent off. Boom. Well, you would. Yeah. It's like if your job is to... I don't know, make bread, and instead of making bread, you just throw dough at people. Yeah, like, and say, this is disgusting. Bread's shit. <laughs> like, you're probably not going to be a baker for that long. No, I think you get fired at that point. <laughs> so it's just talking about, like, the young character, the impact this has on the young character. Right, okay. Right? And then It's he's... not sounding very Stephen King so far. And then, so the point is that this preacher is obsessed with electricity. okay. But a lot of Stephen King In a books, Frankenstein sort of no, a way? not really. Just in a, wow, the magics of, uh, of so electricity. More like a Tesla sort of a way. Yeah, he's just like obsessed with it. Okay. And so then this main character grows up. He's now like a 30-year-old musician, has a heroin problem. Okay. Uh, he's in this small town and he goes to a carnival and he runs into the preacher who oh, is no dang. longer a preacher but like a a guy that does like carnival shows using electricity. Okay. And they've just reconnected and I think something huge and scary and may I say demonic is about to happen. Oh, but I can't tell dang. you what that is yet. Whoa. But when I sign up to a Stephen King book, I just feel like I'm on for such a journey. Yeah, definitely. Apparently Stephen King once called himself the Big Mac of authors. <laughs> it's true. Right? Yeah. So we only have a few minutes left, but I thought a cool idea. Right. A cool idea. A little bit of a, a hip, hip fun idea. idea. Might be if we just go through our top favorite three Stephen King books. Okay. So for me, go. number one has to be Misery. Ah. <sighs> brilliant it's so good it's horrible it's it's so uncomfortable absolutely horrible and the film is also really really good so yeah so misery so the main character is an author he's in an accident he gets found by this woman who says oh don't worry i'm a nurse also i'm your biggest fan also we're snowed in so i can't contact anyone also i'm nutbag crazy And uh, yeah, keeps him captive. Yeah, like you have to write a book for me. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay, 
Shall I go next? Yeah, go next. What's your number one? Can I get to my number one? Can I start right, with I'll number start three? start from number three. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, my number three is The Body. Ooh. Novella turned into a film called Stand By Me. Yes. The story of four young boys, 1950s America, go on a... Sounds familiar. <laughs> going, go on a coming of age uh, trip to recover a dead body. Amazing. Did you know that when Stephen King saw the first cut of that film, he wept? No. He wept. It's a beautiful film. So my number two would have to be Rose Matter. I agree with you. It's my number two too. Right? Yes. yes. It's it's terrifying, but the characters in it are so real. You get behind them. It, it's one of those books where you can really root for everyone. Yeah. Um, but there's enough of that kind of awful shit happening that you don't feel like you're being agreed with as a reader. Absolutely. So story of a woman leaving a domestic violence situation, escaping and rebuilding her life, but is hunted by... Uh, her ex-husband and who is, is a he maybe a demon and he's maybe a demon is he and we it goes know. into kind of like this fantasy land in a way brilliant yeah boom okay what's your number one stephen king no, book my number three sorry oh, i started <laughs> look i started off at the wrong end i'm sorry <laughs> all right your third and final stephen <laughs> king what is it you know i haven't read that many stephen king novels like i i think i've got maybe one or two left so i read the stand and the stand's pretty good but like mm-hmm. i read it when i was 13 so i just feel like i can't stand by it yeah i see what you're saying <laughs> um so i gotta go with it i haven't finished it yet but it's scaring the hell out of me and yeah. i really do think that if it has the kind of ending i think it's gonna have i'm gonna be on board with it so that's my number three right there brilliant it. brilliant and lee what is for 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 a thousand dollars? What is your favorite Stephen King book? My favorite Stephen King book is the follow up to The Shining, set thirty years later, both in book time and real time, Ooh. and tells the story of Danny, who was the child in The Shining all grown up and pairing up with a, uh, a young girl to fight a big evil that is referred to as the knot. Whoa. And that is... would be Stephen King's Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. So good. Amazing. Oh, I loved it. I really recommend it. Can't wait till it's a film. Do you reckon? Mm-hmm. Do you reckon it'll be a film? I heard Stephen King was really disappointed with um, Stanley Kubrick's film. The Shining? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, it's such a classic. He felt like he had taken out too many of the things that makes that Jack Nicholson character very much like him. Wow. So now when he says, I feel like I'm really similar to that guy, everyone thinks Jack Nicholson. Yeah, but I... Like, yeah. wow, Stephen, you're the worst. Yeah. But actually it's quite different in the book. Because I read that Stephen King's uh, understanding of that character uh-huh. is meant to be a really complex guy down on his luck trying to trying to battle through the, his yeah. own demons yeah. and be a better man. Yeah, but in the film it's a lot flatter. Apparently the TV series, which I believe Stephen King had a cameo in, yeah. uh, he liked that much better, but uh, it, it hasn't received the same kind of critical success. Wow. Yeah. Well, guys, tell us what your favourite Stephen King book is your favorite Stephen King film favorite Stephen King musical there are actually a couple can I just <laughs> no, say I this there was only there Carrie. Are. Okay. so Carrie was um apparently it's one of the biggest Broadway flops which is 
just tragic. Robbed. Um, I encourage people to listen to the original soundtrack because there's some kind, there's some pretty good songs on there. Um, we were just listening. We to were it. just listening to it. We haven't finished, but I for one am excited. Um, and there was another one. I actually don't remember what it's called, but he co-wrote it with um with some other guy. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, oh, I saw something about this. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but guys, if you do, tell us. Tell us about this Stephen King musical. We want to know. I love musicals. I love Stephen King. I can't see how the combination of the two could be a bad thing. Thing. No, it can't go wrong. Right? I really want an it musical. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be awesome. Right? It's me. I'm Pennywise. <laughs> like, but there's that bit where Pennywise is like, all these children gonna die. Do da do da. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that could be great in a musical, and then so you'd have all the creepy. kids like Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing creepier than kids. Singing. Oh, that's true. Mm. It's a hard not clown <laughs> for us. <laughs> well, we have to finish, but we would love to hear your thoughts on Stephen King, your favorite yes. books, films, whatever. Let us know. You can tweet us at Crime Time Pod. You can email us, crimetimepodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website, crimetimepod.com. You can comment on this uh, episode. You can find more content. You can donate to us. You can send us coffee. You can do all sorts of wonderful Give things. us some stars on iTunes. Ooh. And until next week. Yeah, come float with us. We all float down here.